What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Letterman Lounge for another edition of the Letterman Lounge. Uh, that's Matt Parker up on the other side of your screen. I am just Spencer Holbrook. Matt, it's been a while. Um, we haven't talked recruiting in quite some time. I figured there's no time like the present. You thought there was no time like the present. So presently, we will record about recruiting. How about that? That works. That works for me. I'm glad that it, it's nice to be back in the lounge. I think some people got some new chairs and you know, it's a, it's a little cozy in here now. Did some new decorating. And there are new uh, there are new members in in the lounge, if you will. Yeah, the lounge like, is foreshadowing. The lounge has been popping off a little bit, man. Uh, yeah. Talking about the message board and the Ohio State recruiting class, if you want to call that a lounge. Um, I'm sure there's one for them in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center uh, where they're probably tirelessly working to bring recruits in. And yeah, we did get some new uh, digs. I'm in the same room, but I currently have a wheelie chair. If you can't tell, I use the wheels on the wheelie chair. So fancy. Yeah, fancy. It, I feel a little official now, not going to lie. Uh, I feel like a, a businessman and a businessman. Um, but, you know, that's that's the price that comes with with owning a wheelie chair. You got to be professional. And I guess that's what they call me, Mr. Professional, right? Well, I've never heard him call you that, but to each their own, I suppose. All right, let's stop with the uh, pleasantries, the idiocy, and the debauchery. Let's get into some Ohio State recruiting. Uh, Matt, I'm just going to say it now. Ohio State's on fire on the recruiting trail. Um, no really sugarcoating it. it. It just happens to come at the same time. I think that the folks up north are also on fire on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. A lot of people have been comparing the two classes already. It's April. I'm not here to compare those classes yet, and I think – Michigan fans would rather not compare those classes when it actually is all said and done. Cause I don't think, I don't think it's going to hold as far as two t- both in the top five, but we'll see. Uh, Michigan's doing a really good job on the trail. I'm going to give them their flowers hats off to Michigan. I think Mike Hart has done a great job, uh, but so has Tony Alford. So has Brian Hartline and uh, Justin Fry, namely those three um, all picking up commitments since we last met. Um, yeah. It's been a busy time for the Buckeyes on the trail. They've been hosting kids and they've been getting kids to commit to the class. Yeah, you mentioned those three coaches uh, at running back, wide receiver, and offensive line. And uh, you look at it and recruiting offensive players, not recruiting, not not to say that recruiting is easy because it's obviously not. Uh, but when you are the offensive juggernaut that is Ohio State, it probably is a lot easier to, to, to get kids, high-rated kids, and be like, you know, this is what we do. We want you to be a part of it. You know, of everyone that we have the option, we want you. You know, it's like Uncle Sam. We want you. That's Ohio State offensive recruiting, right? <laughs> and it works. And it works. Look, they just added five-star wide receiver, Mylon Graham uh, from New Haven, Indiana, who is the number three wide receiver, number 12 overall prospect by on three. They added, that was on Tuesday evening. And then on Sunday uh james peoples the number five running back and number 86 overall prospect in the on three industry rankings which is the new on three consensus which is everyone else composite all right now we've done the the word language there they add yeah they add two uh what became massive massive in-state targets with deontay and Devonte armstrong from lakewood ohio suburb of cleveland uh from saint ed's Division one powerhouse, back-to-back state champs, uh, offensive linemen. And then they find who I think is is an absolute gem 
of an interior offensive lineman and Mark Nave from Toledo Central Catholic up in Northwest Ohio. Um, the, this this offensive class is really, really coming together. And the fact that they've added those five names in the span of six weeks, Buckeye stock rising, absolutely rising. I would completely agree. I think that this is this is a beautiful, as Ohio State would describe it, a beautiful start to the class. Um, really, you've got some anchors there on the offensive line. I think they, Justin Fry can now uh, spread his wings and learn how to fly nationally. Um, he'll, you know, make a wish, take a chance, and break away. I guess, as, as if you would, if you would. Uh, and, and I think he's really going to make some some big swings there nationally for some offensive line prospects. And why not? Why wouldn't you? You've got the two Armstrongs now. You've got Mark Nave, and you've got Ian Moore, who already is a top regional prospect. I wouldn't call him national because when we say national, I think we mean Florida, Texas, Georgia, California, Arizona, this, that, and the third. So right. I do think that that there's a chance for Ohio State really on the offensive line to to be able to flex its muscle and and utilize Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones both going in the first two rounds of the draft expectedly uh, here next month, this upcoming month, and you know, really take some hacks uh, nationally. And I think that all starts because Justin Fry has Ohio locked down on the offensive line. And and I will say he has the guys in Ohio. He wanted locked down in this state. Okay. The, the Armstrongs, Justin Fry wanted them. He got them. Uh, Mark Nave, Justin Fry wanted them. He got them. And so, you know, uh, you can say what you want about, about this offensive line class and, and the in-state class, but Ohio state, other than, than one guy is getting who it wants in this, in the state right now. And so that's that's a big thing for me is like the wide receivers. I'm not even going to talk about it. Like Brian Hartline's going to Brian Hartline. I don't know what else you want me to say. I've said it since 2019 when I joined Letterman Row. Like he's amazing. I don't think we have to like talk about it a lot. He's really good. Yeah. So like, do you, would you agree that, that he's good? I, I just. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that. Look <laughs> at uh, look at what he's done in the amount of time and uh hit his resume like yeah we don't brian hartline bringing in five-star wide receivers is like me drinking coffee in the morning it happens it happens in a, every day. in a snoopy mug that's right the people that they don't see that but it is true um but no and but we i think we have a responsibility as members of the media though uh for the fan base to make sure that that never gets normalized either because the run that is happening, it's not going to stop anytime soon. But when it does, if it does, um, but it, that that is not normal. So it cannot be normalized. So us sitting here just being like, oh, yeah, that's what he does. That is what he does. That's what he's paid to do. But also, who else has done that? You know, like who else has brought in just talent after talent after talent at one position that now goes to the NFL after two or three years and gets drafted in the first round. Like it, it, it's insane what he has done. It's weird, Matt, because every year, you know, the 2020 class with Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Julian Fleming and, and G Scott, which people, people kind of forget G Scott was, was recruited as a wide receiver. Now that he's been in that tight end room for so long, but that was supposed to be like the greatest wide receiver class Ohio State could ever have. Fast huh. forward. And uh, fast forward, and then you've got 
couple other more couple more classes. The 22 class was was good. Uh, the 21 class, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Ibuka, uh, Jaden Ballard. Oh, that's the best class we've ever seen at Ohio State recruiting wide receivers. The 22 class was good. I don't I don't think it was considered the greatest, but I think it was good. Uh, the 23 class, that's the best wide receiver class we've ever seen at Ohio State. Nope. The 24 class could legitimately, because I don't know how it could get better. I don't know how it could get any better ever. If, if it gets better, I'll be stunned in 25 because he could get the number one and number two receivers, and it still might not be better because Jeremiah Smith is 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 uh, generational, according to some recruiting folks, like Julio Jones-level prospect, and then Mylon Graham is is everything that he should be. And so, like, it's crazy to me that we can cons- consistently every year say this is the best receiver class, and the best still seems yet to come, I guess. So real quickly, I wanted to to touch upon Jeremiah Smith uh, and Mylon Graham and just their player comps really quickly. And then there's another note about Jeremiah Smith that I want to get to that I think is very important. And I have written about that at LettermanRow.com. But I want to reemphasize this importance. So put that on the back burner. They call it a teaser in broadcasting. Uh there are folks at the fine folks at on three, namely uh, Charles Power, director of scouting and rankings. He and I have had conversations and he has, you know, pretty much said that, yeah, uh, Jeremiah Smith reminds us a lot of a mix of Julio Jones and AJ Green. So, OK, there you go. And then uh, yesterday he sent me some audio or Tuesday evening, he sent me some audio about uh Mylon Graham and his player comp was Devonta Smith. So it's like, okay, there you go. Those are two guys that are going to be studs at Ohio State. And those three names that I mentioned that are in the NFL right now, um, except is AJ Green retired? Did he retire? I think he just retired. Did he retire with the Bengals? No, I don't think so. But I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Anyway, um, all three of those wide receivers have had and are having fantastic careers in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. So like what more needs to be said about the talent? The, the note about Jeremiah Smith that I wanted to bring up, and then we're going to get into some other positions. Um, uh, as long as Brian Hartline and Ryan day are at Ohio state, which I see them being at Ohio state for the long haul, um, unless something happens uh jeremiah smith is going to be a buckeye like come december 20th 21st whenever signing day is i don't know off the top of my head like he'll sign his national letter of intent to ohio state so he can get developed by the best wide receiver coach in america and then become a first round draft pick in two three years like there's every reason to believe that he is going to Maybe not start. I don't know. But, like, he will see the field as a freshman. And he will see it very early. We were all impressed with how quickly Carnell Tate lost his black stripe. I would not be shocked if Jeremiah Smith, depending on when he enrolls, uh, if he loses it in a shorter amount of time, just with how polished he already is. And then he spends time in that room. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So this whole notion of, yeah, like he's been to Florida a couple times and he's been to Georgia and blah, 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 blah. You can visit anywhere you want. 
but ultimately he is going to end up at Ohio State. And now you really see that because now, now, all of a sudden now, he's been committed since December, and now we're sitting here recording this April 6th. I don't know when this is going to come out, later today or on April 7th, but now you see him peer recruiting. Yeah, He tweeted at Mylon Graham, uh, I think Sunday night, when James Peoples committed, um, you saw him tweeting at at Mylon Graham. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night, you saw him tweet at at Aaron Scott Jr., four star cornerback out of Springfield High School here in uh, here in Ohio. Um, he's relentlessly hounded Aaron Olin, uh, who was supposed to make his decision on Saturday. So when the best player in your class now decides to peer recruit like can we just stop saying that he's going to go anywhere else can we stop doing that like are we able to do that yeah i think we can do it that's fine i agree okay i agree to do that um like i can only retweet my column about that so many times before i get annoyed with myself and like i I don't want that because i have to live with myself you know what i mean like i just can't do that well i mean in a way we all have to live with you man oh uh sorry uh, speaking of, Ohio State's got to live with the fact that, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Michigan beat them for Jordan Marshall, the four-star running back from Cincinnati Moeller High School. Uh, Mike Hart, like I said in the beginning of this video, tip your hat to him. He did a great job recruiting Jordan Marshall, as did the Michigan staff. They got on him early. They stayed uh, with him. They stayed with him as the top target. Jordan Marshall, going to be a Wolverine. And so uh, what did Ohio State do? Ohio State went out and found a running back who is highly rated and actually rated high more highly. Rated higher than Jordan Marshall in the rankings. Um, on three likes James Peoples a whole lot. Uh, Charles Power, like you said, really likes Jordan Marshall. Or not He le- does like Jordan Marshall, but he yeah, likes yeah. James Peoples as well. Um, we have started calling James Peoples the Peoples running back. Um, True. On, on three and Letterman Rose, Andy Baxter uh, came up with, since he is Peoples, uh, Jimmy Census. I think that could be workshopped. Uh, I think they that need some work. Great running backs have either one name or uh, a nickname. And I, I think that, you know, there's there's a way that we can figure out how to give James Peoples the proper name that he deserves. Um, yeah. Unless we just want to call him James Peoples because that's who he is. And he is going to be in Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, hats off to Tony Alford on this. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, were pretty low on Tony Alford and the Ohio State staff after losing out on Jordan Marshall. What did they do? They went out and got a running back from Texas who looks a heck of a lot like J.K. Dobbins. Um, I know the staff's really excited about this, and I think that it's a uh, it's it's a big deal for the Buckeyes to land James Peoples, get their running back in the class, and now they can go after other positions and probably circle back and find a second running back at some point in this class. Yeah, I was speaking with some sources inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Uh, probably the week before Jordan Marshall made his decision, which that caught everyone off guard, full transparency. Uh, And if anyone, you know, watches this video and says, Oh, it didn't catch. You're lying. Like, let's not kid ourselves. This is a kid who announced official visits was going to take an official visit to Ohio state. was supposed to be there at student appreciation day on April 1st, and then goes to Michigan and commits on a random Tuesday. All of that to say, Leading up uh, and talking to sources inside the Woody that week, uh, you know, I was asking some questions about Jordan, asking some questions about about James Peoples. And, you know, I've beaten the drum about the uh, the J.K. Dobbins comparison. And it's it I don't want to say it's easy to make that comparison, you know, both from Texas, 
that have a very similar skill set and stuff like that. But I got that from my sources inside the Woody, you know, talking, talking with a few people there, they're just like, he just, the way that he runs, the way that he has a great mix of power and, you know, he's elusive. He can make guys miss at the second level. He can run over linebackers. They watch his tape and they say, oh my gosh, this is JK Dobbins once again. And in case the folks at home forgot, J.K. Dobbins in his last season for Ohio State ran for 2,000 yards from scrimmage. 2003, to be exact. You're right. I did know <laughs> that. I just wanted to leave it out because 2000 is just nice and clean. You know, if it was 2005, I would have said it. But 2003, that's kind of an ugly number, in my opinion. It was a weird year, too, I would say. Yeah, it, it, sure. I don't know. Um, all of that to say, um, Ohio State has found – not only a guy, but their guy. And that's what matters most is that they that they think, A, he is their guy, but B, that he is a guy. And then that frees you up, frees them up, up rather, not me, but frees them up to start looking at, they want to take two. I mean, that's just after not landing anyone in the 2023 cycle, which given the depth that is in the room now, um, you don't want to say it's like not okay, but it is okay, you know. But that just means you have to, you have to crush it in twenty four. And so far, Tony Alford's doing that. You know, a name that everyone has kind of already just penciled in is Sam Williams Dixon um, from Millersburg, Ohio. Played at West Holmes, but has since transferred to Pickerington North. Um, Three star running back who kind of can do it all. He put him anywhere on the field. He can, he reminds me a lot of Curtis Samuel in that way. Um, which again, that's a big comparison because Curtis Samuel was a very, very talented player for Ohio state, but uh, he's very versatile. You can line him up wherever you want. And I think because of that versatility, they might be able to get three running backs. So something to think about. Okay, I will start thinking about that. I'll start thinking about the possibility of that. If you say so, I will begin to think it into existence. Just uh, something to think about, I suppose. Maybe we can even ponder it. How's that sound? I think it's good, though, that we question it. Okay, yeah. Um, Consider it. Well, it'll be considered. It's under consideration, if you will. Uh, switching gears, Matt. Um, the So we've covered wide receivers. We loosely covered offensive line. I think think maybe we can table that discussion for some visitors that may come in here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Spring game draws near. We'll have more, more shows uh, leading up to the spring game. We need to be doing recruiting shows more often. I know that people love it. So we'll talk about it. Uh, so let's talk about offensive line, maybe its own separate show just to break down everything. Um, Cause that's a pretty heavy topic. And I, I think that could, could use its own show. Um, the defensive side of the ball. I don't want to bring up the fact that Ohio state hasn't landed commitments on the defensive side of the ball because I think there's some things in the works um, and that's not even really a teaser. I just think the Buckeyes are, are gaining some momentum. Defensive commits are coming. Um, mm. but, and, you know, defensive visits have been happening here, uh, you know, with Aaron Scott, with, with Bryce West, with other guys that, that you've recently talked to. So I don't, I don't know, like, do you feel like the defensive class, and this isn't really, you know, setting you up for, for a major discussion about it, but also like, do you feel like the defensive class is getting ready to maybe pop off a little bit, get Garrett Stover some, uh, some reinforcements in there. So he's not, um, you know, he, he's not one of the, he's not the only guy that's committed on the defensive side here. Right. I keep every time uh, another offensive guy commits, I always have to write 
uh, in that commitment story. Uh, Garrett Stover remains the lone defensive commit for Ohio State. And um, I want him to have some people in his class. You know, I want him to have some people on his side of the ball. He's got peoples with James Peoples, but like that's, you know, different. Um, but yes, to answer to answer your question, uh, I think there's a lot of silent momentum for Ohio State on the defensive side of the ball. And by that, you know, there is the loud momentum, which is, yeah, they're they're getting commits on the offensive side of the ball. That's something tangible. That's something that you can see. Um, but by silent momentum, you know, I mean, uh, kids are visiting. Kids are liking Ohio State, you know. Uh, they're coming back. They are scheduling official visits before they even leave on unofficial visits. Um, I think a big name to know right now, if Ohio State fans don't already know, um, would be the four-star safety from Dayton, Ohio, plays at Centerville High School, which is a legendary high school for Ohio State uh, talents, is Reggie Powers. Um I am very high on Reggie Powers and what he brings to the field. Ohio State is recruiting him as a safety. They offered him on March 25th. Um, and I spoke with Reggie the the day after he announced his offer. And, he, I mean, he's the in-state kid that wanted the Ohio State offer, camped at Ohio State uh, June, going into his junior season, Um put on the weight that Ohio state, you know, was hoping to see him at. And that he had a great season. He had a great season for a team that if I remember correctly, made a nice little run in the playoffs. I mean, they, their playoff exit was given to them by Springfield who ended up as the division one runner up. So like, okay, not, not a bad way to go, but this is a guy who, I mean, I watch his tape and the way that he hits people, like it reminds me of Cam Chancellor. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like Ohio State has the opportunity to get a commitment from uh from a guy like that who not only is in their own backyard but wants to be there. Yeah. So I definitely think Reggie Powers is a name that people need to really A, pay attention to. And B, you know, I could see. Safety is is a hard position to rise in the rankings because there are so many good ones in the country. But uh, look at what Jermaine Matthews did in the 2023 cycle as a cornerback. He went from not a lot of people know who he is to he ended he finished as a five star prospect. So yeah. like wouldn't be shocked if that happens to Reggie Powers. We'll see what he does in the next couple of weeks. He was on vacation uh last week after he was out he was at the woody on a saturday and flew to florida on a sunday i'm like that's a nice life yeah but uh just a couple of other positions really quickly uh because i know we got the little clock here that's counting down um i think linebacker is a position that could pick up steam maybe earlier than expected the james laurenitis effect is working it is absolutely working you see guys like uh, I mean, Garrett Stover is already in the class and he's not going anywhere um, that there he's not going anywhere. He already had a relationship with James Laurinaitis when he was at Notre Dame. And the only reason why Notre Dame was really in it for Garrett was because of James Laurinaitis. So that's that's just a little note for the people at home. But you see a guy like Peyton Pierce, who from uh Oh gosh, I mix up the the name of the high school and the name of the town. So Peyton, if you see this, I apologize, my man. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure it is Lucas, Texas, Lovejoy High School. Uh, anyway, that's a kid who a lot of folks had predicted him to go to Notre Dame uh, just because of that relationship with James Laurinaitis. And then, boom, uh, James Laurinaitis comes back home to Ohio State, and all of a sudden, Ohio State's the front runner for that recruitment. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I could figure out why that is the case. And so he loved his official visit or his unofficial visit uh, a few weeks back. He was in town for that March 25th uh, weekend, which was a monster recruiting weekend for Ohio State. Uh, he will be back for an official visit that last weekend of June, which is already shaping up to be those the weekend of June 16th and the weekend of uh, June 23rd are shaping up to be two monster official weekends for Ohio State. Um, and they're doing a great job of mixing their in-state commits with the national guys um, on there. But uh, Peyton Pierce, I really think is going to be a name that, well, he is a name. People do know him at this point. But that's the one Ohio State is trending with in the right direction. And then also uh, Kingston Villamasa from St. John Bosco out there in California. That's a relationship that's going well. Uh, I talked with him after his visit to Ohio State. I had reported uh, a, a few weeks back that he was definitely going to take an official visit to Ohio State. On three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, reported the same thing earlier this week. So that's two people uh, saying that the Buckeyes are going to get an official visit. Um, so, yeah, I think as far as a, as far as a position to watch on the defensive side of the ball, I think uh, linebacker is definitely going to be the one that kind of gets the ball rolling for Ohio State on that side of the ball. Nice little preview. We'll see how it goes on the defensive side of the ball. Matt, quickly, we've got just a few minutes for me to get out of here. We talked about all the commits. Ohio State's gotten quite a few commits. Um, time flies when you're having fun. I can't believe we've already been doing this where we have a little clock on our Zoom call. This is kind of fun. Um, so if there's one guy, the most maybe important guy, Ohio State's landed since we last did a show, maybe just the most important guy right now in the class. Let's just do that. Uh, who is it? Well, those are two separate questions. The most important guy in the class is Jeremiah Smith. And we're not gonna we're not gonna kid ourselves about that. So, like, would you agree with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just we got that done and over with. Good for us. We took we uh, got the low hanging fruit. Now, uh, what was the other question? Jog my memory real quick. Sorry. The most important commit since we last did a show. So ah, yes. Okay. The Armstrongs, okay. you've got Mark Nave, you've got uh You've got James Peoples and you have Mylon Graham. Ooh. I mean, I have an answer if you want me to go first. Yeah, because if your answer is what I'm thinking, then I'll go a different route. It's James so go Peoples. Ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But go ahead. Go ahead. We can agree. We can agree it's James Peoples because Ohio State needed James Peoples. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you have to have a guy right after a guy commits elsewhere, but like it's April. It was March. Ohio State didn't have a whole lot of momentum as far as like, hey, your, your rival just got the running back in state. Um, and Ohio State stemmed that momentum by going out and landing James Peoples. I think that was just huge. And I don't think there's much else to say about it. I just think that it was massive for Ohio State to land a high caliber running back shortly after losing Jordan Marshall. I definitely agree with that. If I, if I, I have a 1A and that was James Peoples, but I have a 1B 
probably should be one B one C, but like they're twins. So it's package deal, you know, but the Armstrong twins, those are a kid who, those are kids who, that was one of the first stories I wrote for Letterman row was that the Armstrongs, they camped in June and they are just wanting to work for their Ohio state offer. They build up that relationship with Justin Fry and they put that trust into Justin Fry. I mean, these, these two have grown up watching Ohio state. They were Ohio state fans growing up. They could have gone to Michigan if they wanted to. They had the Michigan offer. They had a Penn State offer. Like they they could have gone to either of those schools, but they waited and their hard work had paid off. And they passed all of the evaluations that Justin Fry and you know Mike Seleni, GA have for offensive linemen. They got the offer, and that that's an offer that they earned. And to have that trust already when you're not even there yet. Just imagine how that relationship, because Ohio State is still going to recruit relationship driven, no matter what, to already have that relationship and that trust in a coaching staff before you're even there, before you're even close to sniffing signing day, that's big. And then on top of that, they're Ohio kids, which people are coming into the state. Michigan is coming in into Ohio full force. Penn State is trying to as well. You get two kids on the top of your board that you really want. And then in turn, they're from Ohio and they're going to want to recruit for Ohio state. That's huge. That is huge. There you have so, it. I would say James people's, but I wanted to offer a different insight, if you will. Well, mine was short and concise and you gave us a little bit of a, a reason why. So there you go. Uh, Ohio state, Michigan, both have a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail right now. It's a fun time, Matt. Like, the rivalry feels feels good right now. Ohio State's lost two straight, still has recruiting momentum. Michigan just got a quarterback they believe is a five-star prospect. They're, they're feeling good about themselves. They, they went in and got Jordan Marshall. They, they're picking up some steam. So it's just fun right now with this rivalry. Like, like we hear from the Michigan guys over at the Wolverine sometimes, and it's, you know, they're asking questions about Ohio State because they feel like Michigan's starting to compete on the trail with them. I don't know how much I share that sentiment of, you know, with, with a majority of the prospects that both schools are going after, if they're really – you know, truly competing on the trail, but you know, it's a fun time right now in this rivalry. And I think that makes it fun to cover. So um, we're going to get into a lot more of that. We're going to do these shows a lot more often, Matt. Uh, sorry. It took so long to get back into one of these. I think we should do it more often. Like I just said, uh, we will be doing it more often in the Letterman lounge, $30 until September 1st. Come join us. We're having a great time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back in the Letterman lounge next week.